Wow. I went up to Chad and said, now how do I follow up that? <laughs> I'll be myself. I'll tell you. I can't do what they did. Somebody got it out there. Somebody got it. I can't do what they did, but I can do what I do, and I'm very thankful they do what they did, because I can't. At least not at this point in life. <laughs> but welcome to First Fruits. Wow. Well, the message is the Hebrew month of Kislev 2022, the month of Benjamin. Brian, Lori, it's the month of Benjamin. So we pour out blessing on Benjamin this month. Or discovering your true identity. Because, you see, God created and, and chose an identity for you before you were born, before the world was created. And only you can be the person he chose you to be. But a lot of us have been told, don't try to be that. But I want you to know, God wants you to own your true identity. He wants you to be who you were created to be. So welcome to our first fruit celebration for the Hebrew month of Kislev. Tell your neighbor, Merry Kislev. You know, one of the keys to walking in God's blessing is to walk with an understanding of God's calendar. See, God created time. Somebody said time is God's way of keeping everything from happening all at once. And God designed a calendar to help us stay in step with him as we move through time. And God established his calendar at creation. Uh, back in Genesis 1, it said, When God created the heavens, one purpose of the sun, moon, and stars was to serve as signs to mark times and seasons and days and years. And then God revealed his calendar to us in his word. God's calendar is not like our calendar. You know, God has a different way of looking at time. In the Bible, days begin in the evening, not in the morning. And the night watches set the stage for the new day. And God's calendar includes set apart or appointed times. There's the yearly cycle of the feasts. There's the wonderful gift of Shabbat. You know, I don't know why Shabbat is controversial to some people. I mean, all God said is, I want you to work diligently for six days, but when you've done that, I want you to take a day off and rest and just enjoy my goodness. That's Shabbat. But there is a, there's a different understanding of months. See, every month, Hebraically, is a new prophetic season. Israel began each month with a special first fruits festival they called Rosh Chodesh, which means the head of the month. And they would start the month by coming together 
to praise God. They, pray, they would uh, honor God. They bring an offering and receive prophetic revelation for the month ahead. And the goal was so they could always live in sync with God's timing. And see, when we do that, we can prosper. And so this morning, we are celebrating a new month. This is our first fruit celebration for the month of Kislev. Kislev is the ninth month of the Hebrew year. Now this morning, we want to see what God is saying about this month that we're moving into. In the natural realm, Kislev is a month of darkness. As we move through Kislev, the days get shorter and shorter, and the nights get longer and longer. But Kislev is not only a month of darkness, it's a month of light shining in the darkness. See, Kislev is the month of Hanukkah, the Feast of Lights. Now, we'll have a special Hanukkah celebration later on in Kislev. You know, most, many Christians don't realize Hanukkah is also for Christians. Christians think of Hanukkah as a Jew. You know, Hanukkah is never mentioned in the Old Testament. It's not an Old Testament feast. It is celebrated in the New Testament, and Jesus celebrated Hanukkah. So if he asked, what would Jesus do? Well, one of the things he would do was to celebrate Hanukkah. Hanukkah celebrates that our God is a God of miracles. It's a time to, to declare that Jesus is the light of the world. So Kislev is a month to let your light shine. The Jews associate the month of Kislev with the Hebrew, Hebrew letter Samach. Now Hebrew letters were originally pictures. And they don't just represent sounds, they represent ideas. And you can sort of tell the meaning of Samic by just looking at its shape. The letter Samic was originally a picture of a circle, a ring, or a repeating cycle. Some of the words beginning with Samic include to turn, to go around, to surround, to encompass or enclose, to come full circle. And see, if you, if you know that's what this month is about, you can prophesy into that. If Kislev is the month of Samach, it means it's a month to come full circle. It's a month God wants to give you a second chance to confront and deal with things that defeated you in the last season. It's a month to enter into a whole new cycle. See, in a Samach month, God can give you a second chance at missed opportunities. You know, Moses messed up when he killed the Egyptian, but his opportunity came around again at the burning bush. Israel missed their opportunity at Kadesh Barnea, but their opportunity came around again when they crossed the Jordan. So don't tell your neighbor, don't miss your opportunity this time. Now, missed opportunities can come back around again, but old enemies can also come back around. So this is a month to be on guard. Assignment month is a month to break out of old cycles. You know, many people are trapped in destructive cycles. God wants to set you free this month. He doesn't want, want you to go back around that old destructive cycle again. Because Kislev is a month of physical darkness, 
The Jews consider Kislev to be a month of dreams and night visions. You know, in the Torah portions read during Kislev, we find most of the dreams that are mentioned in Torah. Jacob's dream of the ladder, Joseph's dream of his family, Pharaoh's dream of the famine, the dreams of Pharaoh's servants that Joseph interpreted. So Kislev is a month to be aware of dreams. Pay attention to your dreams this month. You know, first thing Linda said to me this morning when she woke up, she said, oh, I had a dream last night. And she started to tell me all about it. Pay attention to your dreams. Kislev is an important time to better understand your dreams. Here's some more significant things about this month. Since Kislev is a month of dreams, it's a month for God to bring new revelation for your future. It's a month to enter into a new level of trust and rest, but also to develop your warfare strategies. Now, the Hebrews consider Kislev to be a month of the womb or the month of your innermost being. It was probably in Kislev that the Holy Spirit came upon Mary's womb and Jesus was conceived. It's a month for the river of God to flow from your innermost being. Now, the month of Kislev is also associated with the Hebrew tribe of Benjamin. And that means if we want to understand this month, we need to understand some things about Benjamin. Now, Benjamin was the youngest child of Jacob and one of the smallest tribes of Israel. But there's some very important things God wants to teach us from Benjamin. So let's, let's, let's look at some things about Benjamin. Benjamin's father, Jacob, was one of the wealthiest men in the land. He had two wives, but his favorite was Rachel. Rachel's first son was Joseph. Her second was Benjamin, but she died in childbirth with Benjamin. And as Rachel was dying, she named her baby Ben-Oni, the son of my pain. But Jacob renamed him Benjamin, the son of my right hand. Now, Jacob was not a good father. He doted on Joseph and Benjamin, and he made it clear to his ten other sons that he loved Joseph and Benjamin more than he loved them. As Rachel's first son, Joseph held the position of favorite son in the family. And to show his love for Joseph, Jacob gave him a richly ornamented tunic with many colors. It was a sign that he was not expected to work in the fields like his brothers. The result was Joseph's brothers hated and resented him. And then to make matters worse, Joseph told his brothers about the prophetic dreams he was having. That one day they would all come and bow down to him. That just made them, made them love him so much. See, that was the last straw. You know, pay attention to your dreams. Don't always talk about your dreams. But one day his brothers caught Joseph in the fields. They beat him. They stripped him of his tunic and they threw him in a pit planning to kill him. But before they got around to killing him, some Ishmaelite traders passed by on their way to Egypt. And the brothers decided to sell him as a slave 
instead of killing him. Now, believing that Joseph was dead, all of Jacob's attention then shifted to Benjamin. Jacob lived in a paralyzing fear that something bad would happen to Benjamin also. And so for Benjamin's whole childhood, he was sheltered and protected. Even as a grown man with his own family, when Benjamin's brothers wanted to go to Egypt to buy food, Jacob was willing to let the whole family go hungry rather than subject Benjamin to any danger. Meanwhile, Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dream. He became a ruler in Egypt. And Joseph had warned Pharaoh that a seven-year famine was covering, coming and told him how to prepare. And because Pharaoh listened to him, Egypt was prepared. God had used Joseph to save a nation. When Joseph's brothers found out there was food in Egypt, they went down to buy food for their families. And the man they had to deal with when they got there was Joseph. And so they went and they bowed down to Joseph. Joseph's dream was fulfilled. But he hid his true identity. He asked them about their family and he demanded they bring Benjamin to Egypt. See, uppermost in Joseph's mind was a question. Had his brothers changed? Would they treat Benjamin the same way they treated him? And when Joseph saw that they defended Benjamin instead of betraying him, Joseph revealed his true identity. And Joseph reconciled with his brothers. He realized even though what they had done was deliberately designed to harm him, he knew God was working behind it to bring about great good. And the covenant line was saved. Benjamin and Jacob and the whole family came to Egypt as God had prophesied to Abraham. And in Egypt, they were preserved through the famine. And Benjamin went on to have ten sons, and his descendants became the tribe of Benjamin. But even the tribe of Benjamin was sheltered and protected. When the tribes marched through the wilderness, Benjamin marched in the third group of tribes in the most protected position. He marched with the tribes of Joseph's son, Ephraim and Manasseh. And when they camped around the tabernacle, again, they were, he was grouped with Ephraim and Manasseh. That was a place of safety because they were the descendants of Joseph, who was Benjamin's primary defender. When Israel made it to the promised land, Benjamin was given a secure place in the center of the land. South of Ephraim and Manasseh, north of Judah. But because Benjamin was always protected, always sheltered, he never had to gain strength. You know, Jerusalem was originally in Benjamin's territory, but Benjamin did not have the strength to drive out the Jebusites. Being constantly protected, Benjamin never developed a close relationship with God. During the time of the judges, the tribe developed a reputation for perversion and violence culminating in the rape and murder of a Levite's concubine by the men of Gibeah in Judges chapter 19. And when, they, when the other tribes confronted Benjamin with the atrocity, 
rather than deal with the sin, the people of Benjamin gather together and defend and protect the wicked men of Gibeah. And the result was a war that almost destroyed the entire tribe of Benjamin. See, it was never God's plan for Benjamin to be coddled and overprotected. God had placed within Benjamin the strength to fight. God's destiny for Benjamin is given in Genesis 49, 27. It says, Benjamin is a ravenous wolf. In the morning he shall devour the prey, and at night he shall divide the spoil. That was the identity God created Benjamin to have. And that identity keeps breaking through during the time of the judges. Benjamin fought alongside Deborah and Barak. Another of the judges, Ehud, was a Benjamite. The men of Benjamin were gifted with the art of the bow. We're told they could sling a stone with either hand and not miss. But the tribe as a whole was too protected to come into their destiny. And see, some of you have wondered why God has let you face some of the hard battles you've been through. You say, why didn't God shelter me from those difficult situations? And God wants you to know he had a purpose for you to go through some difficulties. He wants you to gain strength. He wants you to learn to overcome and be victorious. And you know, Benjamin eventually did overcome. Benjamin eventually came into his destiny. A number of great people came from the tribe of Benjamin. You know, Esther and Mordecai, who saved the entire Jewish people, were from Benjamin. The apostle Paul was from the tribe of Benjamin. You realize most of the New Testament was, books were written by a descendant of Benjamin. Through Paul, Israel fulfilled its destiny of being a light to the Gentile nations. Now, how did Benjamin finally learn to overcome? And I believe the turning point came with Jonathan's covenant with David. See, David was the, from the tribe of Judah. Jonathan was from the tribe of Benjamin. Now, Jonathan's father, Saul, was Israel's first king, but he was very much a Benjamite. He was ruled by fear. He always wanted to be protected. When the time came for him to be anointed king, he was afraid and he ran and hid among the baggage. In 1 Samuel 13, Saul's fear caused him to disobey God and he forfeited the kingship. Saul's fear of losing the throne motivated him to try to kill David who was God's chosen replacement. But when David showed up, and led Israel to victory against Goliath, Saul's son Jonathan was there. And he saw David's courage. And when he saw David boldly going out against Goliath, something snapped inside Jonathan. And he said, you know, that's what we are supposed to be. And so Jonathan, it says his heart was knit to that of David, and he cut covenant with David. Jonathan rejected the fear. Instead of wanting to be defended, Jonathan said, I will choose to lay down my life to defend David. And then David and Jonathan extended the covenant between them to their tribes. It was a covenant between the house of Jonathan, which was the tribe of Benjamin, 
and the house of David, which was the tribe of Judah. And so David and Jonathan brought Judah and Benjamin together in a covenant relationship. And through that covenant, Benjamin was able to shift and fulfill his destiny. See, the covenant between David and Jonathan was honored by the tribes of Judah and Benjamin throughout their history. While David was still at Ziklag, men from Benjamin defected from Saul, and they came to David. They were mighty men of war. They could shoot arrows or sling stones with both the right and the left hands. And after Saul's death, most of Benjamin supported David. And when the northern tribes rebelled and formed the northern kingdom of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin was the only tribe that stood with Judah in covenant. Benjamin took part in the great revivals under Asa and Josiah and contributed to the repair of the temple under Josiah. In the days of Ezra and Nehemiah, Benjamin assisted in the rebuilding of the temple and rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem. And as they continued to walk out their covenant commitment, God brought full restoration to the tribe of Benjamin. And see, God wants you to know this month that one of the most important keys to overcoming your past and fulfilling your destiny is covenant. You need to know who you're connected to. And if you are in covenant with the right people and you walk out your covenant in faithfulness, your life will change. Amen. Let's notice some more things about Benjamin. Benjamin was the only one of Jacob's children born in the promised land. So this is an important month to keep your eyes on Israel. It's an important month to stand in prayer for Israel. Here's something else about Benjamin. He was trained to hit the mark. First Chronicles 12, the men of Benjamin were able to shoot arrows or sling stones right-handed or left-handed. Judges 20, they had 700 left-handed Benjamites who could sling a stone at a hair and not miss. Benjamites were gifted warriors. Kislev is an important month to be armed with your spiritual weapons and to take your stand against the enemy. It's an important month to stay focused on God's call for your life. God does not want you to miss the mark this month. Now, one of the most important things about Benjamin was that Benjamin experienced a change of identity. Benjamin's mother died in giving him birth, but as she was dying, she named him Ben-Oni, the son of my sorrow, the son of my pain. But Jacob knew that was not the identity God wanted his son to have. And so he changed his name to Benjamin, son of my right hand, honored son. And that was significant because a name change meant a new identity. And see, that's a picture of the whole tribe of Benjamin. They had been governed by fear, needing protection, but that was not the identity God wanted for them. And so through covenant with David, they entered their new identity. So you need to ask the Lord, Lord, who who am I in covenant with? Who who, Who am I supposed to be linked to? 
Now, it's interesting, there was another famous Benjamite who was also renamed. Saul of Tarsus was named after the ungodly King Saul. But like King Saul did with David, Saul tried to hunt down and kill God's people. But Saul was not the identity that God wanted for him. And so God changed his name to Paul. It was a Gentile name to equip him to be an apostle to the Gentiles. And see, sometimes the circumstances of your life have branded you with an identity that's not the one God chose. For some of you, the way you view yourself is not how God views you. This is a month you can come in to your new identity. Say, Lord, show me my true identity. Show me the identity. Show me what you created me to be. So if you are like Benjamin, if you've been held captive to fear, God wants to set you free this month. So ask God to show you the habit patterns and the ways of thinking that hold you in an old identity. Make sure nothing is clouding your conscience. Cleanse your conscience. Receive revelation. In this Hebrew year of pay, it's important to guard the words of your mouth. That's a key to coming into your new identity. So this is a time of confession and decree. Stop confessing what you feel. Stop confessing what others have told you. Begin to confess what God has said. What you say now will determine your future. And here's a confession for the month of Benjamin. Second, Second Timothy 1, 7. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Anytime you feel fear rising up, you say, but God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. And as you confess that, you'll find the fear leaving. So, welcome the Hebrew month of Kislev. It's a wonderful month. It's a month of light shining in the darkness. God wants you to be a light shining in the darkness wherever you are. And ask God to bring you into your true identity this month. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this month, Lord. I release your blessing on each one here in Jesus' name. Wow. Let's stand up. You know, there's no way that we can be in a service like today without Holy Spirit being the orchestrator of the service. The things he said, the things that he is releasing into us. This month, we have a lot of things this coming month. Starting right now, we have a lot of special things planned. December the 19th, Robin and James will be doing a special service here for Hanukkah, which will end up out in the garden. Invite your friends. Invite uh, people to come and be a part. When you walk through the garden, Judah is overlooking the garden, and you'll see Benjamin right in the middle with the statue of the wolf. And remember, God knows who you are. Be who he made you to be. Chad.
CP, we had a gift for you. We wanted to give this publicly to you and just show how much we're thankful for you and how much we really appreciate everything that you've done. And she wanted to explain this gift to you. So this is Tupelo honey. It's only made in um, Georgia and Florida. And the Tupelo tree is one of the sweetest nectars. So it's like the sweetest honey that you can get in the world. It's also the gold standard. Um, but it's that tree only blooms two to three weeks out of the year. Wow. I feel the spirit of God on this. All right. All of you, I want to impart this to us. Wow. I say to you, today your journey begins. Watch carefully. For there will be a window of change that comes for you. In that window of change will come a sweetness of my understanding. I say open up and watch and understand in new ways. For you will hear my word in a way that like you have never heard it before. And it will become sweet in your ears. From your hearing, you will begin to speak forth that which I am saying. Get ready. I am releasing the sound of my voice through you to change every place you walk. Lord, we receive this. We receive what you have done today. And we say, empower us with this understanding in Jesus' name. 